you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D. As some of you may know, I am the product of Serial Entrepreneurs. Shout out to Futrell and Nidra Reddit of Memphis, Tennessee. So I'm really excited to have my girl on today. I'm speaking of Mrs. Chris Christian. She is a multi-passionate serial and social entrepreneur. Chris Christian has made it her life's work to deliver results and solve challenges from her lens as a millennial influencer and thought leader. She began her career on Wall Street as a financial analyst, tracking trends and building models when she realized that her passion was stronger for meeting the needs of people than making profits. After discovering the need for high-quality full-service marketing for small businesses at 23, she left the world of investment banking to start Fame Enterprises in 2011. In 2015, Chris created Made Magazine as the first print and digital publication for the personal and career development for creatives of color. Today, today, MADE is a multi-channel platform that curates inspirational content for creative professionals around the world, which has garnered the attention of entertainers including Gladys Knight, Spike Lee, Sanaa Lathan Brandy, Nick Cannon, Aisha Curry, Charlamagne the God, Megan Good, and so many more. And then, as if she needed to do any more in 2016, she found the solution. French roasted organic coffee flavored by hand with natural fruits. Long story short, she's dope. Check it out. Hey, my intro gets me hype every time I hear it. What's up? It's your girl Jada D. I am on for another amazing podcast with my girl Chris Christian. What's up? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I am very good. And I'm really excited to have you on um, for today's episode. I admire you. You definitely inspire a lot of people. I've been watching you for a while. And so, you know, anything I can do to continue to support what you have going on, I'm always here to do that. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and, and the feeling is mutual. So let's get it. All right. That's what's up. So, you know, one of the things that I'm always interested in hearing people tell me about is like, especially business owners. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, my goodness. So I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be a singer, an actress, a lawyer. Like I, I wanted to literally do everything. And my dad used to be like, Chris, you can't you can't do everything. And I'm like, yes, I can. I can't do everything. <laughs> and it was just really what I what I'm just now stepping into now, which is being a multi-passionate creative is really what I was, you know, trying to say is that I, I couldn't just do one thing. I always wanted to do and exercise my talent. So um, at a very early age, though, I did want to be an entrepreneur. At first, it was a lawyer. And then I realized, like, I didn't want to go to school that long. So then I, I just I stepped into the entrepreneurship realm mainly because I, you know, fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship, which we'll get into later. But yeah, I, I wanted to do a lot. That's what's up. I, I can definitely relate to wanting to do a million and one things. So were your parents entrepreneurs or did you have entrepreneurs in your family? No, I didn't. My my mom um, 
was a teacher and my dad worked for the government. And so I think that one of the key people that influenced me was my aunt, my aunt Lucille. She owned a beauty shop and it was in her basement in Ohio. And shout out to Aunt Lucille. And um, and then next door, I my she's my play my play aunt and my play cousin. But um, Jane Jones, she owned and, and her husband George, they owned several McDonald's in Memphis, like in the airport, in Whitehaven, and in several places. And I was just so inspired by seeing her actually set that example um, at a very early age. So oh yeah, there were a lot of women around me that's amazing that's that's awesome for sure I definitely um had those similar influences I actually was raised by serial entrepreneurs which is why yeah which is why I you know really that's why when I say I admire you because I you know I'm on a similar path but you know you've had a lot of success and growth but my mother um has owned several businesses I've actually never seen her work for anyone my entire life um yeah she's yeah so she's in she's in memphis doing several businesses from real estate um company to real estate school to a mortgage company and a construction company so it's always interesting to see which path people take but i know that entrepreneurship regardless of me working a nine to five at some point entrepreneurship is actually always going to be the final stop for sure Oh, after you saw the re- realities of it, you still wanted to be an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, I mean, I and you know what? I used to. I tell people all the time, like I used to be in my mom's uh, conference room when I remember, like elementary school, middle school, crying because I was so ready to go home, and we were just there <laughs> all night. Like I used to be. I, oh, uh, I was. You know. Now, one thing I didn't do though was going to real estate. So I'm going to be on the investment side. Like I did not want to be a real estate agent. My sister took that path. Of course. Well, my sister. Yeah, it was kind of pushed on me, but I was literally drained. I'm like, no, I've already, li- I've already been one. I've been one already. <laughs> I was like, I'm good on that. So, you know, you know, as I told, I told the listeners before we got started, um, the number of different businesses that you currently are running. So, what was the first business that you started, and how did you decide that that was the one for you? Well, the first business wasn't the one for me, but um, I think that it it led it led me into um, what I eventually started to do. But it was my first business. I started my senior year in college. It was called Couture by Kristen. One random night, I started like making buttons, making them earrings. Mm. And like, I don't know, they're like turning buttons into earrings. And I, I knew that it was not going to be my real business, but I was really, really just ready to get started and start somewhere. And I knew that like, I would never be somewhere else like Howard University with all of these black, you know, smart, you know, creative people around that actually probably had the money to, to buy and afford my, my products. So I was like, I gotta get this started. So that was my first business. And I'm really excited. And I was happy that I did it because, um, at the time, I didn't know this, but eventually what I started to do was take the skill set that I learned from Couture by Kristen, specifically the marketing component and the video production and the branding. And I started doing it for my friends. And and I start, I just named it Fame Enterprise. So at the time it was Fame Production Groups. 
Uh, but it was all my portfolio work from Couture by Kristen that I used to attract the clients that I had. And, and some of my friends knew my capabilities and trusted me. But my initial clients, you know, my my first business was my portfolio. So it's interesting to look back on that and see. But um, fame was my first baby. And uh, it basically came out of the the need for me seeing that small businesses and African-American businesses specifically our our branding and like our just our look and feel and vibe is just at that time, especially wasn't always premium and like high quality to me. So I was like, you know what? Small businesses, you know, they deserve uh, beautiful images as well. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. But um, talk about struggle story though. So all of this is happening because I told you I had to do this all at the same time. I had to do multiple things. So at the time I was working in my first job, which was um, on Wall Street at uh, Barclays Capital. And it was I had another job at William Blair. But at that time, I had Couture by Kristen and I was working on Fame Production Group and, and, and like working there. So I was just doing the most, just trying to just, just I guess, get myself to that position and I know our our friend Benji mm-hmm. um, he at the time taught me Photoshop and so once I learned Photoshop I was able to kind of create all my own campaigns and um, initially when I was in investment banking obviously you make a lot more money than you do as an entrepreneur and so I, I hired a consultant to help me you know create this vision that I wanted to which was like this one-stop shop for small businesses. But then beyond that, it was like this multimedia conglomerate. Like I just had all these big ideas, which is, it's funny that that's what it is now. But at the time I wanted to hire her to do it. Mm. And she, you know, charged me, you know, gave me the invoice, whatever. I, I paid her in full. And she, for the, in the very beginning, like she gave me some renderings and things that I needed to start, but basically she ended up taking all my money Wow! and, um, everything that I, you know, all the ideas and everything that I had for this, like conglomerate, I really, I couldn't do those anymore because she was supposed to be the person to do that, that did it want to help me do it one and two she, you know, she took the money that I needed to to get it done. So I that that was when, you know, guy really just it started off kind of like, OK, you got to get to this certain level where you know all about the, your offerings and your services and not just trusting that you, you can just hire somebody to do it. And so it really helped me because I actually learned everything that I needed to learn that I actually offered later at fame but it just came about like a really crazy way so anybody out there that started a business don't hire a consultant one get referrals and everything first but <laughs> but two but still like even if I were to hire her I I still wouldn't have done all the 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 research behind what she was offering to really know what I was paying for yeah and and that's really key, I think, when starting a business. Like you might not, you don't have to teach yourself every little thing, but just really knowing and and even and even when like connecting with people, having that intuition and 
and doing the research about who you're you're working with. But yeah, that's that's a crazy story how everything started. Yeah, that Girl, yeah, that <laughs> is that is crazy. But you know, uh, all of our L's are definitely turned into lessons that we can apply yes. when we move forward for sure. Yes, for sure. I mean, without that L, I would not have even. I don't think that I would have started um, as quickly because it, it definitely was was used as motivation and you know, just this, I'm going to get her type of energy at first, <laughs> um, but which kind of helped me start. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like over it now at this point, but it, it was a little fuel I needed. That's real. So like, like you, um, having a million and one things, like a million ideas. I know for really like, I'm luckily I have a sister that understands entrepreneurship and business. So I mm-hmm. can go to her with my, millions of ideas of course half of them will never get executed but when they come to my mind I'm like somebody should do this even if it's not me so um <laughs> I, as I think of things I don't want to always keep it to myself so I have heard her say it too but they, mm-hmm. they, they, they have a phrase what jack of all trades master of none but I don't agree with it right mm-hmm. so what would you say has contributed to your success as a serial entrepreneur yeah I think For me, I, at the core of everything that I do is my passion for turning ideas into life. That's really like what I really love to do, which is whether that be an event idea or a a brand or, you know, even a nonprofit idea or just a, a digital campaign. It's all the same thing as somebody telling me what they what they see. And me being able to take that idea, coordinate that with the appropriate channels, whether that be vendors or contractors or whatever, and add my little special spin on it from a visual perspective, which is, I think, what I bring to the table as well, is just the ability to have a polished um, presentation. And um, and then just having the vision and the, the determination to see it through. And that's really just, I think just the core of that being what I really, really love to do, that has allowed me to do multiple things at the same time. And then I think in addition, I am, I wouldn't say a perfectionist. I just really care about like the output. And I think I I gained that when I was on Wall Street because I saw how, you know, these people at this million dollar, billion dollar level, Mm -hmm. how they worked and the attention to detail that they had and like just the quality that, you know, they really focused on the quality and the accuracy and um, and seeing that I'm like, if that's how they're doing it, that's what I need to do with every single thing that I do. And I think if you do, if you focus on quality, not quantity and quality and not, um, and not just about the output and what you really, really want out of it, like the gain of it all and what it can do for you. Um, Cause that, that leads me to the last thing. I think everything that I do, I'm truly, truly passionate about. And I, um, I'm not into like money at all. At first I was, but God definitely like humbled me for real. <laughs> and um, I'm, it's, it's not even about that. It's really about the, the work itself and me being one, want, me wanting to empower entrepreneurs, empower 
creatives, Black creatives specifically, and um, really being able to in, inspire people to actually do it. Because I know how hard it is to like, it seems so easy to, to just say, this is my idea. And then I want to turn this idea into reality and I'm going to do this. It's like, like you say, you, you don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. So that can really be, it could be depressing. It could be, it could make you stagnant. And so I want to be that person for people at the core of everything I do to just say, Hey, if she can do it, you could do it too. And it's not even about like, Oh, you know, I have a billion dollars in the, in um, all that stuff. It's like, that's going to definitely come. Don't, don't worry about that. But right. it's just, it's just the idea of like, I'm not leading with that every day. And I do think that people like need me to do this, which is what is the re- that that's like the reason why I continue to do it and stay in it because it's like somebody actually needs these words from Made Magazine, like somebody actually needs this summit. Somebody like is waiting on you know a word that I'm saying on this podcast so to start or even to continue or to sustain or to not give up. Yeah. So um, it's just it's at the core of who I am. Everything. You know, the great things that you um, know about yourself, which have made you a, a successful entrepreneur, are really important. But I like to also get real, real on the Cup of Ground podcast. So let's talk about the things that you know about yourself that have really kind of gotten in your own way. Have you gotten in your own way in, in the mistakes you've made and learned from? Yeah, I think that that same reason, like, of why I feel like, I am successful is a reason why um, that kind of at times I think can hold me back, which is the idea of perfectionism. And sometimes it's like, it's good enough. Just go with it. Like Mm -hmm. you don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I'm just like, you know, if it's not perfect and I just feel like you got to stay ready. And if someone, if Oprah came in, came in right now and she read this, would she be impressed or would she find this interesting? And like, I always think that way. And, and it's hell, it's been very, very helpful, but it, I also wonder, like, when I see things, I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not putting things out because it's not in the per, like, even with my book, I'm finally releasing it next year for real, for real. But I've, I've been sitting on it because of the, just, just, dire need to for it to just hit every single angle and it's like just get it out of here girl and move on about your business so I think that's like a major thing I also think um what else gets in my way um so I am at times I would I I would say impatient and so I'm really want just to I just want to see results just like we all do in the microwave society we live in and so I just sometimes it's you have to wait you know it's just you can't have it right now you can't get it right now you actually don't need to have that event right now you need to strategize and that was a big a big hurdle in the beginning, especially because I had all these ideas and I wanted to create the ideas and get to the like, get to it, which was like the design and the branding and the beauty and the the website and everything that just looks so pretty and perfect. But the sh- it was just all a shell. It was not the operations behind it that really you needed to create for it to run 
um, and to even eventually automate. So for years, I was going in circles because I couldn't afford to hire somebody because I had to do all the work. I mean, it's just it's what everybody goes through as an entrepreneur. And that's because, you know, you have to have strategies in place and systems to operate how you're working, whatever you're developing, whatever your process is, like the process is what I skipped in the first, like I would say three years, probably four years. And that that was because I was impatient and I didn't want to take the time to do the things that were not connected to money. So I was like, if it's making money, that's what I'm going to do first. And then that's the kind of stuff that doesn't happen. And then it it prevents you from like actually like pressing go because you it's slow. It's it, you know, when you're when you don't take the time to build the processes in the in the systems, it can't be automated. So you can't do it. It can't happen without you. So if it can't happen without you, that means that it will never grow. And that was that's what was happening. And I was plateauing as an entrepreneur and I didn't understand why. And it was because I didn't take the time because I was so quick, 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 quick. Like, come on, we got to get this. We got to get this. It's like, chill. <laughs> like it's coming. Like every day doesn't have to be that type of day. Man, so. I hope y'all are taking notes. Cause I'm over here like, yes, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's, that's what like, but you said it, we got to go through it though. Um, we have to go through. That's really how you learn. Unfortunately, have to learn the hard way, but it makes you a, a better business person on at the at the end, though. The best lessons are bought lessons. I believe yes, that absolutely. So, okay, so you know, I'm you as you know, I'm a huge fan of your coffee brand. Um, a Yay! huge so fan glad. of Chicago French Press. I make everyone that tells me they drink coffee, I make them at least go to your website and tell them my favorite flavors. And if they come to my house, they know they're going to taste it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really, really do. That's that's just, that makes me feel so happy yeah. that you actually Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually love it. So, and, you know, how did you even get into coffee? Like, how did you go from, you know, doing, having a media company to coffee? How did that happen? So the idea actually, it's it sparked at work when I was at Barclays Capital. It all started at the same time, and you know, for years I was I was a coffee drinker, but I was an instant coffee drinker for since I was a little kid, which was very sad. But um, when I was in the the coffee room, I just one day it hit me like, man, I have to drink coffee to stay alive, like because I was working a long, very long hours. And to stay alive, this isn't going to work because I was I was pouring all this sugar and cream in my coffee. And I, I just thought that, like, there actually has to be a better way to do this. I'm not sure what that looks like, but it was just a spark that there had to be an alternative way. And when I, I just started, like, massaging the idea and I thought about actually the coffee beans adding, you know, these natural sweeteners like fruits and 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 nuts and cocoa and and I just start researching like natural sweeteners and then I like was in my my kitchen one night and I just started grinding these all together but it, it was actually gross and nasty it wasn't what it is today 
But 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 I do. I was like, you know what? I have something here. Like I know that this is there's something to this. But you know, at the time, I had fame. I had I was doing the most, and I was like, this is is way over my head. So let me just pause on this. And um, later, I the 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 idea came back up when I was in LA with my friend Warren, and he took me to this coffee shop that like had the French press method. We were using that and I had never experienced it before. And I, and it was as easy as instant coffee, but it tastes so much better because it was just a better way to like brew it. Um, it being more fresh and just having more aromatic flavors. It just, I was just like, Whoa, I've never seen this before. So he kind of like stirred up the pot a little bit. And then I just started like massaging the idea. And by this time, I, this was like after I started Made Magazine. And um, I just really was like, cause I always knew I wanted to be a serial entrepreneur. I wanted to have multiple um, businesses. But the next one, I was like, it has to be something I really, really love. And that was actually what the, uh, Warren and I was talking about. We were over brunch in LA. We were like, I was like, I can't continue to do things that I just, I do well. Because at Fame, I was really, really good at what I did. But I, I was, I thought that I was not, I was limited to what I could do in terms of impact. And so, you know, that idea of, you know, impact in my next venture being that I really wanted to be something social impact related and, and being able to at least have some type of community component. So I was like, what do you love? Coffee. And what do you want to do? You want to serve the community. And so that's when the grinding for a cause idea came to life with the idea also that this would be a healthier option. And so I found a way to grind the beans with the dried fruit. Like I thought it was actually a roaster locally that was literally like a block from my studio at Fame. And I was like, God, he, he just, he just laid everything out. So yeah. That was too, that was too right. Yeah. It was too right. It was like, what? No, you have got to be kidding me. And and so it just all came together and and I just that's my baby. This is like I just love the coffee itself is so good. I love just the idea that coffee can really um connect people and um even like some of the people that I think back that I've worked with today that have, you know, started multi-million dollar companies. It's like we met over coffee. We in coffee connects people in that way that just it doesn't I don't think anything else does maybe tea but coffee for sure yeah so yeah, yeah. that's how it started wow that's that's an amazing story that's great and I definitely encourage everyone I'll I'll have links to all of her websites and in, um, in the show notes so make sure you all go on there and purchase um, it's a, it is good. I love the flavors. I love pretty much every flavor, but my favorite, I think is the peach, What's your the, peach. Favorite? the peach one is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I love the peach. It's my favorite too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to do some focus groups this year to, to see, you know, what flavors people love the most are rolling out some new products. So, um, stay tuned. Cause I'm really excited about that. Oh, good. That'll be good to say, check out for sure. So early, earlier you mentioned Oprah. So I like to do what I call um, a mogul Mount Rushmore. So 
four people, who would you have in your Mount Rushmore? Yes. So it's funny you call it a Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I I, I have a similar uh, thing from, did you read Napoleon Hill's book with the mastermind? Yes. Yeah, that's that's that concept. Um, and so Oprah definitely is one of them. I like talk to her all the time. Um, and, you know, definitely my business model is is reflects some of her her ideations and her strategies for her business, for sure. So I love her. I love Jada Pinkett. I feel like she's just so authentic and I want I love to apply her authenticity to what everything that I do. And Michelle Obama, she's doing it right now. Yeah. I mean, she's been doing it. She's been doing right. it. But I just love that she's stepping into her own and like and just being herself, but still that that pristine polishness about her and her delivery. I just really, really love that. So and then I would say my mom. I love my mom and she's been one of my biggest supporters throughout the years. Like when I quit my job, most parents would be like um what <laughs> you know like <laughs> damn uh, like right you don't you know you, you could let go of that good job <laughs> right right she, she could have both my both my mom and my dad but they could have definitely just been like no you need to not do this but they supported me along the way and that supportive person um in my cabinet is is just somebody i can't replace so those be my four. Oh, that's real. That's good. I I agree with that. My mom is uh, the same way for sure. So I read um your do's and don'ts of collaborating with a friend, and I made sure mm-hmm. that I shared it with several people, especially my accountability group, because they are all mm-hmm. running b- their own different businesses, and I know at some point they may consider collaborating. Um, mm-hmm. so what? And I'll have this, and I'll have a link to the full article as well in the show notes, what, um, do you, would you say are like the, what's a top do and a top don't that people continue to miss? I would say the top don't that people continue to miss is putting a contract in place. You have no idea how many people, um, and, and I did that before cause you just trust the person and not putting an agreement to say, specifically these are the deliverables specifically this is what when i'm going to pay you specifically this if this is like an exchange of time or whatever like even if it's your work for free how much value is that time you know okay you'll work for free for three months well how much does that cost Mm -hmm. so that when when it's over and you do have the money now you know exactly what to pay versus like you know, if, if that's the situation, if you're bartering or whatever, versus like pe- people feeling like they're not on the same page. And then because people are so close, mm-hmm. they don't want to like rock the boat. So then you're in this gray space. And then it's like, then, you know, one bad thing happened and, you know, you're just both at jeopardy for something that just didn't need to because it could have been clarified in the very beginning. So just really in the beginning before anything is done, agreeing to the terms, how much time is being spent, how much money is the rate for that time and the value of both parties. So it's very, very clear. Absolutely. Um, Was that a do or no? Yeah. People don't put um, that agreement into play. 
right. Uh, do if you decide to work with a friend, um, I would say do communicate often. Okay. I think, um, in, in a lot of times people, because you know, this person, you, it's like, it's almost like we don't, it's an unspoken thing. Like we get each other, we know each other. It's, you know, we feel familiar. So you don't feel like you have to communicate as often as you really should as an entrepreneur. And for me, for years, I didn't want to have meetings like in-person meetings because I was working with my friends and I just wanted to just, you know, send emails and and be a millennial or whatever, but (laughs) Like a real, like how you would talk, how you would meet with someone you don't know and like exactly how you would treat a a client or a customer off the street is exactly how you should treat the the family member or the friend at work. Now, you don't have to be as all uptight and everything, but there definitely has to be boundaries set. And I think communication is always just the core of why things do or do not work. So oh, yeah. do communicate. Absolutely. And I'm actually happy to say that one of the things that I do for sure is have some, uh, some type of agreement, written agreement in place. I've always been that way. And I probably get that probably because funny thing is my parents actually, they make written agreements with my sister and I, like it doesn't matter what yeah, it is. That's that's not normal, though. I know. Not for I know. I, never, I know. Mean, I know. I'm not. I always hated it. That's great. <laughs> That's great, though, because at least you know. But like, even for me, I knew the concept of yeah, do a contract, do an agreement, duh. But what was actually in that contract? Mm-hmm. I did. You know, actually valuing the services and the amount of time specifically, and because then it's so clear that no, there is no question mark. And I think I just had, will you do this? Yes or no? <laughs> signature. You know? Yeah, that like, time is so important. You are so right. Like that yeah. time identifying that, and it, oh my god, that is that's yeah. definitely key. So before you get out of here, I want to know, like, what are some of your um, business essentials, like software or apps that you're using on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I really just discovered this new one that is my best friend now um, for note taking and not just note taking, but general, like it's basically like a notebook, digital notebook, and it's on the cloud. It's called, what is this, OneNote? by Microsoft, I really urge everybody to get this because I thought I was I thought I was getting this out of Google Drive, but it's so much cleaner and easier to keep everything in one place um, and be able to access it on your phone as well and anywhere else. Um, I love using Trello. I use Trello for content planning, you know, social media and marketing, um, email, newsletter, all that. I use Basecamp for task management and project management. Um, that's really great to, you know, basically keep hold people accountable for what what it needs to be delivered, and then it also add, allows you to like add the dates and deadlines and everything. It keeps people on the same track. Um, Trello, Basecamp. I ha- I've heard about Slack. I haven't used Slack yet. Uh. 
I use obviously like Dropbox, Google mm-hmm. Drive. Um, yeah, those are the primary ones. Okay. So I- you have people on your team that are helping you um, run your daily operations. How how mm-hmm. did like what are some of the non negotiable qualities in the people that you bring in your team? That's a great question. Um, non-negotiable is I want to work with people who I always want to work with people who go the extra mile like me. Um, it's just this extra hustle that, you know, either you got it or mm-hmm. you don't. And either you're going to stay late or you're not. If you're going to leave at five o'clock, this is not for you. And it's not even about FaceTime. It's about the willingness to learn and the desire to do more to learn. Like it's not even just about getting the tutelage, but it's about, you know, being in the environment to actually get work done and and want to do that until you're, you, you're expert, you know, and that takes time. And so anybody who just wants to do the bare minimum, that scares me. That's like a big red flag. Um, So I also want to work with, what, non-negotiables? I mean, I also believe in urgency. Anybody that- Oh, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's why there is like a big, there's a thin line between urgency and impatience. And that is what I'm on. I'm definitely on the line of urgency. And that's, that's the culture of Wall Street is just time is so important. And it is, it's so valuable. And to be sitting on stuff for no reason, I just can't. I just can't. And and because the thing is, like, I could do that by myself. You know, like, I, you know, procrastination is, is real. And it's, it's definitely something that I, work on a lot and so when hiring someone I they can't have a procrastination of, of attitude of procrastination or, or I'll you're gonna bring me down right. like you know <laughs> but um but also just the, the attitude of of optimism and positivity and a can-do attitude people just say no and they can't do something so quickly without even trying to like you didn't even try mm-hmm. like you got to try. You got to try and try as much as to to the very like last Z. Like in it. And I still don't even at Z. I'm still like, are you sure it can't work? Like, I don't believe you. It, it, there is an answer. There is a solution. God created this. Like, how can we not figure this out? So um, I just I, I don't I take people that like I love people that really try no matter what and and also people that are very resourceful you know like you have great ideas but you also know how to use what you got to get what you want and that is how you're going to become successful so yeah wow well I think that kind of sums it up you you said a word today I just want you to know that definitely some pointers for me um, and I'm sure everyone listening really learned a lot. So where can we find you on social media and the internet? Oh, you can find me on Instagram mostly, um, on Facebook sometimes uh, at Chris, K-R-I-S-D Christian and Chicago French Press, Chicago French, F-R-E-N-C-H. 
Press, P-R-E-S-S. And everything else you'll probably find on my my page. All right, ma'am. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy woman, but this has been a great conversation. So stay tuned for more. Check out the show notes for all of the details for everything that we discussed on today's episode. Later. Bye. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.